0: guard of heart inside a raging storm. The word is angered, because Satan has declared a war. I'll fight this battle, Lord, because you're worth fighting for. I pledge my undying love to you. You die. Painful life, grace has set me free. So I'm honored to struggle, Lord, because even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for. Inside my heart, the battle's deep within, it's trying to control me, spirit and flesh at war, I'll take up the sword of truth, because you're worth fighting for, I pledge my undying love to you, you die. for life,
1: grace has set
0: me free, so I'm honored to struggle, Lord, because even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting. by your stripes that i was healed for this mighty army you will build i'll fight this battle lord cause you're worth fighting for i pledge my undying love me free so I'm honored to struggle Lord Cause even in my toughest battles you're worth fighting for for you die for me grace
1: is set me free i'm
2: under well, fred Jesus is worth fighting for. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would.
3: A faith worth anything is worth fighting for, and Jesus is definitely
2: worth fighting for. Fred, we got a great couple with us today on our program, Jim and Ann Davenport. I hear they've got something really to celebrate. They do. Speaking of that, let's put on a song by Ann Webb Davenport, Come Let Us Celebrate. <laughs>
1: Celebrate, come, let us celebrate, come with me. table which I have spread. Celebrate the cross, my body is your bread. Wine is to remind you my blood given free to purchase salvation for thee. I paid the price, can't you see? gift of life from me. Come, let us celebrate. Come, let us celebrate. Come with me and I eat my bread. proclamation you're soon to celebrate. Soon your king will come, my will on earth be done. So come now to my feast. I pay the price, can't you see? This banquet is a gift of life Let us celebrate. Come, 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 let us celebrate.
2: Fred, they are celebrating right now down in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. They're no longer from Texas. Well, they are from Texas, but they're not from Texas, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they're always from
3: Texas. Yeah. They're... Anybody's from Texas is always from Texas.
2: That's, that's true. <laughs> but they, they have a new work and a new home in Eureka Springs, Arkansas at the Passion Play. Isn't it called a church in the grove? That is their new home, the Church in the Grove. They have taken over the church. They are the pastors of the Church in the Grove at Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and they are there seven days a week, and they are looking for you to stop in, come visit them at the Passion Play.
3: I hear they're open at 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily, and on Sunday they have special services at 2 p.m.
2: Yes, they do. They've they've got a great work. Going right now. You know, they've been evangelists their whole life, and now God, this is the way God works. He has planted them and bringing the people from all over the country, around the world, to them. And they no longer have to travel. That
3: is truly awesome. We want to encourage everybody to see the Passion Play, and while you're there,
2: visit Jim and Am at Church in the Grove. Right there in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So... We need to give their phone numbers so they can give them a call when they're coming because, hey, you know what, Fred? If they'll call them before they get there, they might be able to get some discounts on their tickets.
3: I believe they would. You could yeah. get hold of Ann at 281-636-5100.
2: That's 281-636-5100. Or just give Jim Davenport a call at 254 7517 as you listen to this great song by Anne Davenport.
1: There's a light in the window, tables spread in splendor, someone standing by the open door. I can see a crystal river. Oh, it must be near forever. I've never been this homesick before. I see the bright light shine. It's just about home's And I can see my father standing by the door. faces so familiar No one's all and feeble anymore Oh my lonesome heart is crying I think I'll spread my wings and flying I've never been this homesick before I see the bright light shine. it's just
2: that was uh, Ann Davenport singing, I've Never Been This Homesick Before. And that is a great song. You probably know all about that song. That's an old classic.
3: That is a Dottie Rambo song for sure, and she wrote great songs.
2: She sure did. And speaking of great songs, how about one more song by Ann Davenport?
1: frequently It's even used across our land with much profanity How can they use the King of Kings great name so recklessly It's a name that is above all names It means so much. Him so. We often take for granted the things we should hold dear. The things that God has given Cause a demon Pray.
2: Song by Anne Davenport. Won't it be glorious when we see Jesus? Yes, it will. And here's Anne to sing it.
1: Signs of His coming are we'll all around. Soon we'll hear the trumpet sound. A shout from God will cause the dead in Christ to. Still remain. Those who are called by his name will be called for. Proud to call you, my son, won't it be glorious when we all go home? Trials on earth will soon be old, death and sickness. Receive him now before it's too late So when he calls your name You can answer, here am I Won't it be glory
2: enjoyed that and now we got that message for you by Ann Webb Davenport. Here's
4: Ann. I want to talk to you today about a couple of Jewish festivals and customs. You know we're told in the New Testament that we don't have to keep the the festivals and we don't have to keep the holidays and so many of us as Christians don't know about these different customs and we really should examine and learn about our roots because we are adopted. We're Jews by adoption and every custom and every festival that's given that the Jews keep regularly, they're all about Jesus. Every one of them are about Jesus. And so I want to talk to you today, especially about, I want to title this, The Bride Price. I want to, to remind you of one custom, especially, just to give you an example, is the Passover. When I started studying about the Passover, I had a, a set of dinner and had all the things that they provided this set of. It was very interesting, and I won't go into all that right now, but it's all about celebrating the Passover. And if you remember in Exodus, when this happened was when the Jewish people were, when they left Egypt, you remember that. The death angel was passing over Egypt and was killing all the firstborn. The only way to escape death was for them to take the Jewish people in the land of Goshen. They were told to take a lamb, and they took the blood of the lamb and put on the doorpost of their homes. And when they did, the death angel passed over them. They were saved, and this was the very first Passover. Well, you know what that represents. The lamb is Jesus. And his blood on our doorpost of our hearts and it was in the form of a cross as they place this on the doorpost so all of this is symbolic death passed over them well how many know uh, that we once we have accepted Christ and his blood covers us on the doorpost of our heart that death has no hold over us we have eternal life and so that's all about Jesus as I said maybe at some point point, I will teach on some of these other ones. I especially wanted to talk about the Jewish wedding and the customs that are surround the Jewish wedding. You know, the father of the groom were the ones that chose the bride for the groom. I wish it were that way today, because I tell you, it, it's a whole lot better, I think, if the parents were allowed to choose the mates for their children. I think there'd be less divorces. We don't keep that custom so we don't understand that but they had that custom the father of the groom chose the bride and i want you to relate this to christ all the way through you can see how jesus being a jew fulfilled the jewish law the bible tells us that we didn't choose him he chose us so the father chose us to be the bride of christ and how many of you know that you may be a man but you're still the bride of christ if you're born again we're all sons of God. If we're born again, we're uh, the bride of Christ. So it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, this relates to you and being born again. God chose us to become the bride of Christ. And what they would do with this custom is that the groom would go to the bride's home and offer a bride's price for the bride that he had chosen. They would make an agreement or covenant between the two. If the bride and the bride's father agreed to the price, then they would drink wine, and then the groom would leave the house and go back to his father's house and start to prepare a house for his bride. The custom was that bride price had to be consistent with the father's wealth. It had to give glory to the father of the groom. For an example, if the groom's father was a poor man, then the price that was offered for the bride was consistent with the wealth of the groom's father. So if he was not very rich, then he could offer a small price. They always wanted to offer the very largest price that they could so that it would bring honor to them. The custom also, let me back up just a little bit. The reason that the brides were Uh, purchased was because in the Jewish clans back then the male would bring his bride and they would stay with the groom's family and they would bill That clan, it would be large because they would all stay there and be a part of that clan. But the bride would go with the groom and be a part of that clan. That's one reason the Jewish people always wanted to have males because it would build their clan. Their clan would grow more with males because they would bring their wives and and they would have children and the clan would, would grow. So when they would have a female, a woman, child, she was always just groomed to be a bride. When she would become of age or when she was chosen to become the bride of some groom, then this was what she was prepared for all this time was to be a bride. And so there would be a price paid for her because this, you know, for raising her, it was a compensation because she would leave that home and become part of another clan. So that's why there was a dowry was offered for her was to compensate her father for raising her and the money that was spent and so on and so on. Uh, Back to the bride price again. If the groom's father was very, very rich, the price had to be consistent with his wealth. They had agreed upon a bride price, then they would take the cup. And let me know that Jesus said that, I will not drink of this cup. When he celebrated the Passover, his disciples, he took the bread and he took the cup and you know they had been celebrating this festival all their life probably I mean Jesus had was a Jew and and they celebrated Passover all the time but you know they celebrate a lot of these festivals without knowing what they represent not without knowing what they mean and I really believe that when Jesus in Luke 22 said that he wanted to celebrate this Passover with his disciples he, I think, told them for the very first time. Now, this is just my idea, but I think that he revealed to them for the first time what this really, really meant. Because, you know, they celebrate, the Jewish people celebrate these festivals over and over without really knowing what they mean. They, they know about the first Passover and what happened, but they don't know that it's all about Jesus. When Jesus took this bread and broke it, and gave it to him he said this is my body given for you he said do this in remembrance of me and then he took the cup saying in in luke twenty-two twenty, he said the same way after he took the cup he said this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you he was explaining to his his disciples what they had been celebrating all this time i really believe that they they recognized and, and were taught for the very first time that this was about Jesus. He told them, I won't drink of this cup again, and I won't, I won't eat of this bread again until we do it again in heaven. When the bride price was was paid for, the groom, and they would make an agreement and, and a covenant, she then would become the promised bride of this groom and she would keep a light on and she would wait for him because he would go back to his father's house and build a, a house for her. And again, as he built this house, it had to be consistent with the father's wealth. That's why, you know, many times a, a Jewish man would go back and he would start to prepare for the house. It, this too, the house would have to be consistent with the father's wealth. And if he was a very poor man, then he could just build any house, but the father would have to inspect the house and give his approval, and it had to give glory to the father. As the groom would go back and start to build the house, many times they'd come along, they'd see him building, and they'd say, oh, there's going to be a wedding soon. When's the happy date? And the groom would say, I don't know. Only my father knows. And so... Jesus fulfilled that because he said, nobody knows when I'm going to return. Not the angels, not myself, only my father knows. So he was fulfilling every aspect, every part of this Jewish custom when he left. And so I want to bring us back to the point of that bride price and, and relate it to Jesus. You know, we don't realize how valuable we are. We don't realize, and that's the whole meat of this message, is to share with you how valuable you are to God. You know, He bought you with a price. And if the price had to be consistent with the Father's wealth, then what kind of price did He offer for you and for me? A million dollars? The world? The universe? All of that belongs to God already. He owns everything. He made and created everything on this earth. And what kind of price would give him glory? What kind of price would be consistent with God Almighty's wealth? Oh, when you stop and you think about that, what kind of price would have to be offered that would be consistent with the Father's wealth? I can't even think of a price that great. I can't even think about it because, like I say, would millions and trillions of dollars be offered? Would the whole world be offered? No price can be set on God. He's more valuable than all of his creation. What price could be set that would bring him glory? And the answer is quite simple, really. The price that's offered for us that's consistent with God's wealth is himself. He's the only thing that he could offer that would be consistent with his glory, that would give him glory. And so Jesus, what did he offer for that bride? He offered himself. He offered himself. Himself, he gave his own life. He gave his own lifeblood. He gave everything that he had. He gave for that bride. The bride, the pearl of great price, was offered for us. Have you ever thought about how valuable you are to God? That he would give himself. Give himself. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus gave himself. There's no other price That could give glory to God. But himself. And then. When he would go back to prepare. A home. Jesus said. Let not your hearts be troubled. In John 14. Verse 1. If you believe in God. Believe also in me. He said. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again, and where I am, you you will be also. I will receive you to myself. Just think about it. We're going to be somewhere in this mansion that Jesus is preparing. He's been gone for almost 2,000 years. He's been preparing us a place. What kind of mansion would be consistent with the Father's wealth? Wow, he certainly can't just put up a little shack in the corner of glory land that would give God glory. (laughs) And we don't even know a whole lot about it, but we know some. For instance, he talks about the holy city. When we read about the holy city and we think about the wealth of that holy city and how precious it is, just the holy city, just the main city itself, is 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles long. That's a lot of territory. And the, there's 12 foundations to this holy city. Can you imagine that it's about 100, almost 130 miles to the next level? If you you look at it like 1,500 miles high and with 12 foundations, it's like 12 stories. And it's almost 130 miles from the first foundation to the second. What a elevator system (laughs) that is. And yet I don't think it'll have elevators. I think we'll just be able to think about it and be there. Who knows? There's so much wonderful things prepared for us that we can't even comprehend. But when I think about... It talks about the cubics, how wide these walls are. And uh, figuring up how much a cubic is, when it tells about it in Revelation, it's 216 feet wide walls. Can you imagine that? And you can read about this in Revelation uh, chapter 21. It talks about the, the walls of Jasper and 12 foundations. I tell you, the, the walls, the foundations of pure jewels. I'll just tell you a few of them. Jasper, sapphire, emeralds, topaz, amethyst. Wow. When you think about those jewels, we just get a little stone like that in a ring. How precious it is, emeralds, and how beautiful they are. Can you imagine a whole foundation being, being of that solid uh, emeralds, of solid sapphire, of solid jasper. Whoo! Man, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and it all being those precious stones. It, it's just mind-boggling to me. And then they tell of the streets that are of pure gold, and they tell about 12 gates And each gate is a solid pearl. Wow. Can you imagine having a a gate that's a solid pearl? This is a little bit of insight about this mansion that we're going to have in this holy city. We don't know exactly what our mansion is going to look like, but it's going to be awesome. I can tell you that. And I believe it will all be custom made just for us. I believe every one of us is unique and special. You know, I've I've read and studied a lot, shared a lot in the book of Esther. And this feast that the king made. That anybody that wanted to come could come to this festival. That this king, it represents the Lord. But anybody that wanted to could come to this festival in Esther. They could drink the royal wine and They didn't have to drink anything if they didn't want to, and they could have as much as they wanted. But each vessel was gold, and each vessel was different and unique. And how many know that you're unique and special? There's not another person like you. There's not one other person made like you or like me. We're all unique, and we're all special. And God has a a special mansion for each of us, everyone. I tell you, we, we think about what we have to endure. We think about uh, temptations and we think about what we give up for the Lord sometimes and and you know we think about the don'ts <laughs> you know we can't do this and we can't do that but listen let me tell you something when we think about what we give up is so very little we gain so much more than we ever sacrifice I tell you when we when I think about God taking a piece of dirt a piece of clay And breathing his own eternal breath of life into a piece of dirt. That's all we are. Just dirt. And creating us into his likeness. And he said, we're not like the animals. We're not like any other creation. Every creation that God created, he just spoke into existence. Did you know that? He said, let there be, and it was, let there be light. Let there be. And except for man, he took play into his hands and shaped Adam into a living soul. And he made him so much different because he breathed his own breath of life into him. And you know, I've had people say, if a loving God really loved us, why would he send us to hell? Well, you know, he didn't create hell for us. He created hell for Satan and his angels. But when we became like God in that we had eternal life breathed in us. Have you ever thought about how God cannot destroy himself? When when Adam received the breath of God, he received eternal breath. God can't kill himself. If there's anything God can't do, it's he cannot destroy himself. And so that eternal life that he breathed into that piece of clay became eternal. And even though the body died, the body uh, began to die when, it, when Adam sinned, breath of life is eternal, and that cannot die. So man lives eternally somewhere. You're going to live eternally. You're going to go to heaven or hell, one or the other. And God's done everything in his power to keep you from going to hell. He gave him his own self, a ransom for us. That's just awesome to think about, that he would care so much about us That he would breathe his own eternal breath into Adam and he'd become a living soul. And he could have made us into robots. You know that? We could have been just robots to just do whatever God said. I have people ask all the time, and I'm sure some of you have been asked the same question. If God loves us, why did he create the devil? Well, we had to have a choice. There has to be a choice. God did not want us to become robots. He didn't want us to just be something that he made that we had to do this and we had to do that he gave us a free will he gave us a choice and you have to have something to choose there has to be evil and good so satan was created so that there there was temptation in this world so that we could choose god he wants a people to choose him he wants children that will choose him he wants a bride that will choose him and say yes I will be the bride of Christ. And so that's a choice. That's why we have two choices. One of these days Satan will be bound up for a thousand years and and there won't won't be any evil and there won't be any temptation. We will know only one thing good until the end of that time and then he will try those people that live, not us, but those people that multiply and, and live on the earth at that time. But when I think about how God loved us so much that he gave us a choice and that he took a chance that we would not choose him but he loves us so much that he did it all for us he made uh, a way that we could go to god he made a way jesus became that way that truth that light the way to god all we have to do is choose him just choose him you know when a when a bride like esther was chosen and she was went through this purification she had everything she needed everything was given to her to to go through this purification and once we choose the lord god almighty he gives us everything that we need to choose and when i think about a piece of clay that that i, I don't deserve anything i don't deserve i don't even deserve to be a robot but yet God says, I want you to be my own child. I want you to be my bride. I want you to live eternally, not as his servant. You know, we could have been not only robots, but we could have been servants where we just just did nothing but what he said constantly. But he didn't even want that. He wanted something for us greater than a robot, greater than a servant. He wanted us to become one with him and he said when we get to heaven we will be like him and we will be able to rule and reign on this earth with him for a thousand years and then go to heaven and be given all the the wonderful things that will be given and we will be like the Lord. I mean how could a piece of clay obtain such glory as that? You think we've given up a lot? No. Is it too much to, to live and, and reject evil for something that awesome. Who wouldn't want to choose an eternity with God with a life like that? Um, oh, it, it's just mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Yet, Jesus chose the bride. Made a covenant with, the, with our Father, with the bride's Father, with the bride's price. And, and returned to his father's home after drinking the wine. He returned to create for us a mansion, to build for us a mansion. And he's coming back again, and he's coming to receive us. And, you know, many times a Jewish person would, Jewish groom would make this covenant with the, with the bride, and then he would go back, and many times the bride would get tired of waiting we're told that in the scriptures and and they'd say well my master delays his coming and 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 she would get tired of waiting and she would go out and marry someone else can you imagine how it was would be like to I, i'm sure some of you uh servicemen or and women know what it's like if if you left and came back and and your mate had gotten tired of waiting perhaps you were Engaged, and you went to, off to war and you come back and, and she's married someone else because she got tired of waiting or maybe you were already wed and, and they'd go off and, and, and become one with someone else. Can you imagine how the Lord felt to give himself a ransom for a bride and then go away to prepare a mansion for her and come back and she would not be waiting for him. She would got tired of waiting. That's why when we take communion, we're supposed to examine ourselves and remember the covenant, remember the price. I think that part of communion, not all of it, but I think part of it has to do with the bride examining herself and say, am I waiting? Am I being faithful? Or am I committing adultery with the world? And I think that's a time for self-examination uh, to say, am- have I been faithful? Have I kept the light burning? Have I kept the oil? Have I, have I kept the light in the window? Am I am I being faithful to the Lord or have I gotten tired of waiting and 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 off doing things that I shouldn't be doing spiritually or physically or whatever and so I want to be faithful I want to I want to be faithful to the Lord that when he comes back for me I want to be waiting for him I want to be making myself pure I want to be Perfecting myself in every way that I can spiritually, so that I am, and he's coming back, he says, for a spotless bride. And we're to be about making ourselves spotless while he's gone. That's our job, is to make ourselves spotless. And yes, it means sacrifice. Yes, it means uh, crucifying the flesh. It means picking up your cross daily. Yes, it means that when you're when you're tested, when you're tempted to do evil, that you choose to be obedient to the Lord. And yes, it does mean sacrifice. But the sacrifice is so small compared to what we have to gain. The, the trials of this life and this time is not even, the Bible says, not even worthy to be compared to the glory. I want you to think about that statement, that that the, the sacrifice of this time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that we have. And that's what I've been talking about. Whatever sacrifice that we're called on to make is so minute to the glory that we have to obtain if we would just be faithful to the Lord. We need to examine ourselves and we need to say, have I been faithful to the Lord? Am I waiting for His return in faithfulness or am i committing adultery with the world i want to be found faithful and i want you to be found faithful and i tell you whatever sacrifice that's called on to make we need to make it i mean if the world says just do this everybody else does it just live you know just live in immorality everybody else does it that's that's a lie from the pits of hell We need to say to the devil, I am different. I am the bride of Christ. I will live the way God wants me to live. And I won't go out and commit adultery with the world or commit adultery with anybody in the flesh or the spirit. Because I am engaged and I am covenanted with the Lord to be faithful to him and to live that life that he wants me to live. And so we have to strive to the very best of our ability to do what God wants us to do because He's coming back. He's coming back for His bride, and I want to be found faithful.
1: I am coming for a church without spot a wrinkle Keep your garments white, soon I'll appear Arise, watch, and pray Trim your lambs, child, get ready. Look up for redemption draw me. an appetite for soon there'll be a feast trim your lamp for there is going to be a wedding and I'm preparing
2: Well, Fred, it's been a great ride in the cab with all of our listeners out there on Church on the Road Radio. And speaking of Church
3: on the Road Radio, why don't you tell them how they can get a hold of us?
2: We've been doing uh, CDs and podcasts and radio programs, and now God has raised us up to a brand new level, and we have our own radio station. And you can access our radio station via our website, Lonesome Road dot org there will be a link on there you can click on that and go right to our radio station or you can also access our podcast our address we'd love to send you cds if you hear something that you want to make copies of you don't have to just give us a call and we'll mail them to you and you can share them with family friends and neighbors speaking of giving us a call you can
3: reach us at 618-383-2107
2: We would love to hear from you, and we thank you for listening to our program today on Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio.
4: Last night
1: I dreamed I went to heaven There I was shown the Book of Life. I fell down on my knees, for I knew my sins were many. Then, written by my name, I saw an awesome sight, paid in full. by my blood, paid in full, paid in full, paid in full, Jesus canceled all my debts when He wrote, paid in full.
2: Well, friends, we don't like to close any program without giving you the chance to ask Jesus Christ into your heart and to be your Lord and your Savior. So if you would like to do that, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I just want to be a Christian. I want to give my heart to you. Take out my old heart and give me a new heart, Lord, and I will follow you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, friends, if you prayed that prayer, and if you meant it with all your heart, then you give us a call right here at 618-383-2107. We want to pray for you, and we want to send you more material that will help you with your walk with Christ. And remember this, Jesus loves you, and we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later.
1: Cancel all my debts When he wrote Paid in full What can wash away My sin Nothing but
5: roads of life lost without hope 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road in my hand was a track the preacher had read his words still echoing in the back of my head I felt so ashamed
2: Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome,
5: so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. 18 wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road and i share the good news wherever i go yes there's been a change i'm not the man i used to be and i tell everybody what's happened to me how i felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus. met Jesus at the foot of the cross, brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.